Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Anna's going to brine the turkeys, and I said turkeys plural. She uh, she went in search of like two smaller turkeys, and the idea being that we're gonna probably gonna trager one and then do the other one traditionally. And I said, if if you get a turkey that's too small, it's not really a turkey. Like, how small can you go on the turkey before it turns into a chicken? Like, you got I think you got to be thirteen, fourteen, uh, thirteen, fourteen pounds minimum. And by the way, if you are a trager aficionado. You uh, feel free to slide into my DMs and tell me how you prepare your bird. Spencer McLaughlin. You can find his work on 750thegame.com. Also, Locked On Ducks, Locked On Pac-12 podcasts. He has been all over the Oregon football program this season. The regular season finale taking place on Friday at Autzen Stadium. The game will be on Fox. Spencer McLaughlin joining us. Are you at all a little sad about the winding up of the season, Spencer, or where are you emotionally with this game? No, you took the words right out of my mouth, John. I'm, I'm sad that the season is coming to a close because, you know, I cover the conference and the Ducks on, on my shows uh, five days a week all year round, and, you know, there's a nine-month gap or so between football games, and you know, by the time summer rolls around, you just start inching closer and closer, and you get more and more excited. And then all of a sudden, you look up, and you're at the last week of the regular season, and the last regular season week of the Pac-12. I mean, it's not—it's uh, exciting, but at the same time, I'm trying to treasure, you know, every every single second of it. Like this is this is the last Tuesday of the week. Is that what? The, yeah, it's Tuesday, I think. Um, it's it's just it's strange. It's the last. Last Tuesday before the last regular season week of the Pac-12. It's just it's a bunch of laughs right now. Yeah, give me an idea of kind of where Oregon is emotionally. Everyone's been talking about how well they've been playing. Did that did it look that way to you against Arizona State, or is it hard to tell with the competition? No, I, I think it looks that way because that, that week looked just about the same as every week uh really throughout the course of the season uh you know oregon has come ready to play uh every single week and certainly they haven't played perfect football all the time nobody does but if i asked you right now john you know what 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 is oregon's worst performance of the year you're going to say probably washington where they put up over 500 yards of offense i think it was and uh lost by a, a field goal to a top five team on the road that, that's that's probably their worst overall performance of the season. Maybe, maybe you'd say USC. You should have beaten USC by by more than just nine points by the time the game came to a close. But I, I think the way that this Oregon team is playing is just so consistent on both sides of the ball. Like I, I never look at Oregon's offense. I, I remember the Mario Cristobal, Marcus Arroyo uh, days, and you know 2018 specifically. Oregon has that big win against Washington. And then uh, they had, if you remember, three massive letdown games on the road, Utah, Washington State, and Arizona. And they didn't – I don't think they scored in any of those first halves. And, you know, I haven't felt that way about the Ducks on either side of the ball really all season. I never feel like they come out and they are unprepared 
for the task at hand. I feel like they're the opposite. I feel like they're always prepared for what's ahead of them, and I think that's been the case on both sides of the ball. And no matter who the opponent has been, I think their game plans and their mindset and their execution has been really, really good. And it has to be, again, to beat a good Oregon State team this week. But I, I think that everyone's been impressed with them for a reason, and it's been on both sides of the ball. They got a bunch of high-end playmakers. Bo Nix is, of course, great, but the defense is loaded, and everybody's just playing really, really good football, and it's week after week that they're doing that. I'm uh, watching Washington and thinking about them this week and waiting for, obviously, the college football playoff rankings and thinking that Washington not only needs to beat Washington State but needs to look pretty good doing it. They're they're in a beauty contest at this point. Is Oregon facing any of that, or is it just win in advance, get to the conference championship game, and then it's time to, to make your case? Well, I, I don't know if Washington's in the beauty contest. They keep getting left out of it every week, so I don't think they're getting past the – uh, the security guard at the door there, so it doesn't matter kind of what they do in their uh, beauty contest. I, they they should be number four. I mean, frankly, they should be number three in the college football playoff rankings. The fact that they're going to be – I don't know if they're going to be left out of the top four again. I don't know what you do with Florida State if you're the, the, the committee, but if you leave out Washington again, it's just ridiculously inexcusable in in, in my view, but – I think for Oregon, you know, style points have been a big part of why they're in the position that they are in. And as a result, what what you're seeing is Oregon being ranked as the highest loss, highest ranked one loss team, you know, week after week. And it's because, like, look at the team that's right behind it. It's Texas. What has Texas's bugaboo been? That they play these mediocre to below average teams, and they're struggling with them. Meanwhile, Oregon, Stanford, 42-6. to Colorado, 42-6. to Washington State, 38-24. USC went by nine, and they were up by a lot more, you know, throughout the game. And, and went, like, Cal, 63-19. to They're playing teams that are inferior, and it's not close. Texas is playing teams that aren't as good at the, as them, and they're having to scrape it out at the end. Like, that's their saving grace at the moment. And, um, you know, I, I think that in a crowded Fourteen playoff field right now, which will get whittled down in the next couple of weeks by at least one. I think you know two teams will be kind of dropped out of the running at uh, at some point in time in one one way or another. I think that Oregon beating Oregon State by you know if they cover a spread of two touchdowns, which is just a lot of points for a rivalry game against a good team coming off of uh, a tough loss against the Huskies. I think that. Oregon can certainly benefit from that, but I, I think their style points have kind of already been baked into the cake. We're talking to Spencer McLaughlin. He is on the Locked On Ducks podcast. You can find his work at 750thegame.com as well. The health of Oregon. Uh, any injury concerns as this week approaches in your mind, Spencer? I, I think you got to look at the secondary. You know, Oregon State, I think, has very underrated tandem of wide receivers and Silas Bolden and Anthony Gould. They're not big body guys, but they're very fast, and, and they can take the top off the defense and, and really run the route tree at all three levels. I've been impressed with both of them this year and the chemistry they've got with DJ Uyunglele. I think Gold was the one who went crazy against Cal uh, a few weeks ago down in Berkeley. And, um, you know, I, I think that the secondary injuries have, have popped up time and again. Uh, nowhere else Oregon's dealing with any major injuries. You know, Noah Whittington, running back, went down against Colorado, but that hasn't, 
been too much of a problem. He's a great player, but Jordan James is really good as well. He's averaging like six and a half, seven yards a carry so far this season. He, he and Bucky Irving are a fantastic tandem in there. So uh, I, I think the secondary is the spot. You know, when Kyrie Jackson is not on the field, I think there's a pretty noticeable difference. He's had an all-conference caliber season, and uh, the true sophomore, Jalil Florence, that, that guy is developing into a really, really good-looking defensive back, and they've been in and out seemingly every game in the last few weeks with, with, with injuries. So I, I think the Ducks have got to be able to get healthy there to slow down these Oregon State wide receivers. Uh, but but certainly, you know, if the Ducks do win this game, you got to have your top corners available for Washington I'm, or it should be a lot. I want to play something Dan Lanning said. He was asked about Mateo Uyunglele and what he would say to Mateo, whose brother <laughs> DJ is going to be on the other side of the ball. Here's Dan Lanning. What, what do you say to Mateo in this kind of situation because of its uniqueness? Hit your brother. <laughs> Hit your, no, um, both great competitors. I think they're probably excited to go compete against each other, um, you know, and, and both really talented players. So uh, that that's not bigger than the game, and they both know that, and uh, Mateo certainly knows that. So it'll be fun for him to go out and compete. It'll be fun for his family. He's got a great family. Um, I'm excited for them to get to see that. Well, you know, you, you got that matchup going on, which is very unusual. I think Lanning plays this right. You know, he plays it down the middle of the fairway. What would you think of that response? Well, I, I think there is an element of seriousness to his go hit your brother. I don't think he's meaning go punch your brother, do something illegal. But if you ask Dan Lanning, hey, do you want to pressure the quarterback this week? The answer is yes. If you ask him, hey, why would you recruit Mateo Uyunglele to come to Oregon as a five-star recruit? Because he's a really good player and he can get after the quarterback. So I think at some level he does want him to go and, uh, and, and, and hit his brother at at some point in time, just in the, the legal fashion so that Oregon doesn't pick up uh, 15 more penalty yards, which have certainly been a, a recurring issue for the Ducks this year. It was better against Arizona State last week. But, yeah, I, 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 think, it's a, I think it's a pretty classic, you know, tongue-in-cheek response of Dan Lenny. Did you ever notice with him, John? He, you know, it's his first time being a head coach. He seems to be such a veteran at, at the press conference ordeal. Like, he, he's, he always feels like he's speaking authentically but always has the right thing to say. Yeah, that's I feel how, like that's he's getting... comes off to me. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he's either he's either uh, thinking about what he's going to get asked, which is great, or he has somebody telling him, hey, you might be asked about X, Y, Z, which I suspect that because he does seem prepared in a way that he wasn't a year ago. He, he's much better, much more comfortable and on-brand and on-point in, in all of those uh, news conference settings. Uh, I... I don't know. I think he's done a really nice job this year. I think outside of the strategy mistakes in the Washington game, he's been really good. And I, I think it would be a real shame if Oregon didn't get back to the title game to play Washington. Who wins that game if they get there, Spencer? Well, my my heart leans leans towards Oregon. My, my head does as well. Um, but I, I don't say that with a, I'll say, high amount of confidence. He, here's the reason. John, is Washington just keeps winning. Do you know what Kalen DeBoer's record is as a head football coach? 22. It's 101-11. Well, in, 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 in his career, ever. This is his yeah. third head coaching opportunity. He's 101-11. And, and, and I think what you know that game comes down to and has the last couple of years has been execution. But you know, late, late in games in particular. And Kalen Boer's team 
they show time and time again, situationally, on both sides of the ball, they are well-prepared, and, and they execute when they need to every single time. I don't think Washington can pull away from Oregon. I think Oregon can pull away a little bit from Washington. But if that matchup does materialize in, in Las Vegas, which is what a lot of people want, of course I do as, as well, and it would be a fantastic college football. It would be one heck of a final Pac-12 championship. If that does come to fruition, I, I think that if it comes down to being a close game again, it's hard to not lean towards Washington, especially with the kicking struggles that Oregon's had over the last two months now. They've missed a field goal in, their last, in six of their last seven games. And Washington's been really, really good late. But if Oregon plays their best brand of football, I think they can win that game by, you know, maybe seven to ten points, and it doesn't come down to, you know, a fourth down decision or or, or a late field goal. I, I think Oregon is, you know, playing at a really high level, and the, the other side of the coin is just, you know, everyone keeps expecting, well, Washington's got to lose at some point. Well, what? yeah, but they, they, they just keep winning. They, they keep winning time and time and time again, and I think that says something about the job that Kalen DeBoer has done up in Seattle. Spencer McLaughlin, I'll see you at the stadium. Appreciate you, man, and uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, John. There he is, Spencer McLaughlin. Read his work at 750thegame.com. Our big splash is coming up. Bruce Barnum at 4 o'clock. Jonathan Smith, Oregon State coach at 520. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.